if someone from Dublin does it, he actually doesn't. He's not telling. Ah, this is culture bias. This is bias against culture. Yeah, already. but so we can't say it, but you can say it. Yes. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts, and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. Samuel Luckers from the Magister Evening News. Samuel, how are things? Good morning. Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, I mean, we have to ask Sam straight away. I mean, it's all about Evan Ferguson, really. Are, are, <laughs> are, Samuel, are Man United going to sign Evan Ferguson? <laughs> I don't think so this summer. Uh, I think that he's he's been a player of interest for, for quite some time now, and, and, and naturally so. And the, the way, looking at United's front line and the way you can see it evolving next year and the year after you can completely see him being a player of interest to them and someone who would slot into that team. And there's there's always an outside chance this summer, uh, given with with Kane and Osman, although they are two high-tier targets, they're two very difficult targets to attain as well. So it might be that United have to look a, a little bit lower down the ladder in terms of more attainable strikers, but still quality strikers. That said, I think with Ferguson, it's probably in United's best interest and also Brighton's best interest that he, he's given a full, a complete full season in the Premier League to see how he gets on. It's funny as well, um, Shane. I think like you're, what age are you? 29. 29. So you would have missed to an extent like the, the Man United like hysteria in the early to mid 90s. And I definitely think, Sam, in, in Ireland, and I think, Sam, that had an awful lot to do with Dennis Irwin and Roy Keane. Uh, it was like... Manchester United became a team that so many Irish people could relate to and it, you can imagine like if Ferguson became a stalwart there the difference that would make as well Yes the the team are possibly coming over to Dublin for a pre-season friendly in early August and I'd, I'd argue that doesn't happen often enough I think the last time that happened was in 2017 when they played Sampdoria at the Aviva and the reason why it doesn't happen is as you just alluded to that there aren't many Irish players who, who play for United anymore which which is a pity given the uh, the strong connection uh, between Ireland and United and some of the great players who've, who've played for them there was maybe a, a slight uh, ripple effect when Paddy McNair I know he plays for Northern Ireland but when he got in the team and I mean Paddy McNair was never good enough to play for United he only played because Louis van Gaal had a very curious selection policy with with the academy players but you did have a lot of uh, enthusiasm in Northern Ireland just because all of a sudden here was an Irish player playing for Man United again. And I completely agree with, with Ferguson. There would be um, immense appeal to it. You've seen it with, with other uh, core territories. I mean... Might have just lost Samuel briefly there, I think, on the line. Uh, just the line seems to have frozen. Um, <clears throat> it's an interesting one in terms of United's targets. Like the, Harry Kane is the name that uh, look, Evan Ferguson has got, of course. As Who do we, you sign, Kane or Ferguson? Because it's just so different parts of their career. Well, like, from an Irish perspective, I'd love them to sign Ferguson, but mm. like I, I don't. It's not realistic. I don't think this season. I'd love him to stay at Brighton. So would I. Every yeah. year, I think yeah. under, working under Roberto De Zerbi again for another season can only be a good thing for. Him. I actually would love Liverpool to sign Evan Ferguson. That would be. <laughs> 
Like that, you know. But they're already getting Alexis McAllister. I mean, mm. they're raiding Brighton if they're if they're going for Ferguson as well. And all you need then is a press conference where McAllister <laughs> says, "Yes, it would be great if Evan played with me again." And <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, Liverpool are all over back and for bringing Ferguson. Yeah, we have uh, Samuel back on line. Samuel, I guess the, the thing is that last night's result secures top four for Manchester United for next season. So again, makes it easier to to bring in targets. Interesting reading Eric Ten Hag's comments afterwards. Uh, I think he was reminded Arsenal had a tendency to to be satisfied finishing for top four, and his response not good enough for me so clearly albeit he's delighted with the top four uh, not resting on his laurels there No he even said uh, quote we need better players which no United fan would, would dispute that and certainly looking again at that performance last night I, th- I said to my colleague maybe about 10 seconds before the goal went in, uh, the second goal, and I said Sancho and, and Martial have been United's weakest players again and then one gets the assist and one gets the goal. But it was pretty straightforward stuff uh, from, from Casemiro's pass and players like Sancho and, and Martial. I think the, the severe defeat, as, as bad as it was for United, I think that could be one of the best things that happens to them because not only did it take them out of the Europa League and really looking ahead to that FA Cup final next week, if they had a Europa League final in the middle of it, that would have compromised the build-up and the preparations. But also that was a night where squad players were starting in the absence of of first-teamers. And it just confirmed what everyone knew, that a lot of those squad players are not up to it. Martial is certainly not up to it. That's why they want a striker. Uh, Sancho, the club looks too big for him. In recent weeks, the the eighty million pound captain has not even come into the conversation when it comes to signing. A, uh, sorry, playing uh, whether he, whether he plays at centre half, mm-hmm. and if Harry Maguire does go, then United would need a centre back. And ultimately, the, the the problem is the ownership situation. There, there is money set aside for a striker, as there always has been, and there, there needs to be, and it remains to be seen who that strike will be. That is a priority. Ten Hag does want a younger and, and dynamic midfielder to come in because with Casimir and Eriksen, it's, it's, you, you, everyone knows their names. Everyone also knows uh, their age. They're, they're 31. They'll be 32 mid, midway through next season. And the youngest midfielder is McTominay. And he's probably also the most sellable to the point that if United were to receive £30 million for him, it would be, it would be remiss of them to, to reject that because they are going to have to use the funds from outgoings to finance the majority of the incomings with the profitability and sustainability rules. So the prospect of them signing Kane, Mount and Rice in the same summer is just it's, it's cloud cuckoo land stuff, really. It would be staggering if that somehow happened. I don't think any club can really get away with that level of finance. We've, we've seen Chelsea try in the last couple of windows, <laughs> But they are under a hell of a lot of pressure now to, to to shift sellable assets. And it has to be done by late June because of the, the financial quarter as well. And United are in, a, a, in quite a similar situation. Although they've had a much better season than Chelsea, they've got to shift a lot of players, get a lot of players off their books. And there's still not that much of a market for, for, for a lot of them, quite frankly. And You'd maybe look at Juan Bissaka, who's who started the last four games and is probably a nose ahead of Dallow at the moment in terms of uh, starting right backs. But there's still a possibility that he could be sold because his reputation has recovered. He would improve the majority of Premier League defences. There are Premier League clubs interested in him and they've shown interest over the last six months or, or so. And again, if a £30 million offer comes in, it would be daft of United to turn their noses up at that. 
so we, we say it every year it's a big summer at United, but this is this is going to be a particularly big summer with the ownership situation yet to be resolved. Samuel, I know I know the stats are skewed by the game in Anfield, um, but Manchester United have finished third at the moment with a plus fourteen goal difference. Fifty six goals is completely anomalous. Um, so, is this a good or a bad thing? Where clearly they can score a lot more goals, they've gotten their defensive um, issues practically sorted. Like, how do you look at these stats? Because it's the the fifty six uh, goals figure just stands out a mile for a team in the top four. It's derisory. Last night was the first time they'd scored four goals in, in a league game all season. Their, their biggest win all season has, has been 4-1, and that was uh, against Betis and, and Chelsea last night, of course. C- compare it to, I mean, as, as I said before, I think Liverpool, when they're up, they're up optimum they are one of the most ruthless teams on the planet and United are still nowhere near that level and yet they've finished above Liverpool this season the the defence has improved but there have been these sporadic shellackings at Brentford at City at Liverpool to a much lesser extent Newcastle as well where they lost 2-0 but they were so anemic and Ten Hag actually bracketed the severe defeat with Liverpool Brentford and City as well it's it's a quirk of their lack of goals this season that someone has scored 30 goals in the season which hadn't happened at United since Ferguson's last season with Robin Van Persie and a lot of Rashford's goals the vast majority of them have been crucial goals they've they've gained them points but they do if I think if you look at look at history most teams they have got two goal scorers if if you're going for the title or if you're winning the title you've got two players who are going to get you 25 goals uh, plus a season and United don't have that and really they've looking at Martial he's he's the number nine there he's been there for eight years now as well he turns 28 this year and yet there are still people who, who are of the mindset that well give him a bit of time you know he can come good he really should have been sold a long, long time ago. And the only reason he's probably still at United is because he was he was unsellable in the summer. And given the situation also with the, the attack in the summer, it seemed pretty clear United were not going to sign a number nine. So they had to make do with him. And in fairness to Ten Hag, he, he got a tune out of him in pre-season and he was looking pretty good. But he's been too, too injury-prone all season. And United are looking to get him out of the club in the summer as well. But again, that's going to be difficult because he's not completed 90 minutes in a Premier League game since January 2021. I don't think that last night was only his ninth goal of the season. He's not broken double figures uh, in, in the season for goals since 2019-20. And you would say, <clears throat> excuse me, that's that's probably skewed by uh, a lot of the COVID games where you, you're playing these training ground environments. And it, it did feel a lot easier for, for certain players. Um, it was almost as if they, they preferred it without having supporters there. And he's also been extremely injury prone this season. He's, uh, I think he's had five separate injuries. So, Although he's, his, his technical ability is good, he is a very tough sell. Uh, and there's probably a small small market out there as well that would that would take him. But I'm still not sure necessarily that a club, what club out there is itching to spend £30 million to, to sign Anthony Marshall. It, it, it remains to be seen. And as, as I said, United will get a striker in. But I think given that they, they could finish third this season... There's going to be certainly an expectation among some of the supporters to get a lot closer to City next season. Um, 
I mean, I think a challenge is is possibly pushing it. I think it would be prudent to consolidate their place in the top four. Liverpool will get better. Chelsea might get their act together. You, with Tottenham, you never know. But they've got to aim higher for next season. And immediately, that means you've got to get a goal scorer in who's proven. So, although they've, they're looking at the lad at Atalanta and, and Moani at Eintracht Frankfurt as well, is, is someone that they've been keeping tabs on just because he, he might be on the move this summer. It really is a lot more logical to try somehow to force through a, a move for, for, for Harry Kane. But United are very hesitant about that because it means dealing with Daniel Levy. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's true. And Jose Mourinho clearly had his comments with Daniel Levy yesterday. Not a fan whatsoever. Um, Samuel, the the FA Cup final, I guess, now takes precedence in United's minds for on, on Saturday week in Wembley. The chance of a second trophy this season, albeit against uh, the juggernaut of Manchester City. But um, I guess the two-parter question, but how do you think United will fare in that Cup final? Can they cause an upset? And also, we saw Anthony in, in a bit of distress last night with his uh, serious-looking ankle injury and <coughs> Luke Shaw taken off at half-time with what appeared to be a back injury. Would you expect either or both of those to be involved? I think Anthony looked... I think his race looks run for the season, unfortunately. And, and that could have dire consequences on how United approach that game because when they beat City in January... Anthony didn't start, but Fernandez started on the wing. And already you can see that happening, that Fernandez has to start there because the, the problem they've got in midfield is that as good as Casemiro and Eriksen are, you wouldn't necessarily pit them against City's midfield. Casemiro has to stay there, but in the, the January derby, Eriksen actually played as the number 10. I think it was the first time he started as the number 10 all season for United. And this is a player who is is synonymous with the role. And it might be that, that Fred comes into the midfield or McTominay comes into the midfield. So they have got someone who's more energetic, who can get about City, who can help United with their pressing as well. And, and Fernandez is, is such a workaholic that you can play him on the wing. But it seems like whenever he's played on the wing games this season, he has still had a key impact or a key contribution in the game. The problem, obviously, with Anthony coming out is that your other winger is is out of the pitch now. So Fernandez may have to switch wings, and then it, it's a case of playing the percentages because there is going to be probably a starter who should not be starting that cup final. You either look to Sancho, who is underwhelmed uh, for most of the season, and I, I just think United looks too big a club for him, or you've got Martial who. Although he scored last night, he, he audibly irked the supporters on, on three or four occasions because, OK, he scored, but it was only a tap-in and his overall performance was, was not the level that they, they expect of a Manchester United number nine. So th- there's a the lot, although Ten Hag has got a lot of options, he also needs, and, and also we, we're talking about the, we're talking on the assumption that he's going to bring a midfielder and play Ericsson as a mm. number 10. He may have shown his hand already to Guardiola uh, with that win in January. And although United played well in the first half, City still went 1-0 up in that game. And it was a pretty contentious goal that levelled it with City wanting the offside. And then City, mentally, they were stewing at the time. And then United went in for the kill and made it 2-1. So it's, it's probably in their interest to do something that none of us can foresee. I mean, if we can read it, then you know that Guardiola will be able to read it. And I, I don't know what the alternatives are, really, because the, the the quality of squad depth at United 
is is just not good enough. There are only a handful of players that you would say um, Ten Hag is is happy to depend on who don't regularly start. I mean, Lindelof's on a very good run of form, having had quite an unfulfilling season, and there have been times when he probably should have played and he didn't play, but he seems a certain starter now. But it's it's all about that front six. It's do you play Ericsson um, deep or do you move him higher up? As I said, I think it's inevitable that Fernandes is going to play on the wing. But then do you go with Sancho? Do you play Do you play Rashford off the left? I think they've got to be mindful of who's the best equipped to go at Carl Walker, which would be Rashford. So if you play Rashford on the left, that means logically you play Marshall up front. And Ten Hag has said quite repeatedly that United play better with Marshall. I think that might be they play better in spite of Marshall. <laughs> but they did play quite well in the first half. Uh, in, in the January derby when Marshall did start, but then he came off uh, because of injury at half time, And that might be the way of playing the percentages because then at least, although it's it's not ideal, in Sancho and Garnacho, you've got two players who have done very well off the bench this season. And I, I just suspect that with Garnacho, although he would be the fans' favourite to come in and start and maybe Rashford playing up top, for an 18-year-old in an FA Cup final against Carl Walker as well. You saw how he dealt with uh, Vinicius mm. Junior last week. It's probably prudent to keep Garnacho uh, in reserve and then use him as a game-changer. Samuel, brilliant stuff as always. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you very much. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. 